patients are getting on the internet and they're really researching things. And so I think being able to provide not only the highest quality possible, but also being able to provide that at an affordable cost to the payers um, is really kind of where the future is headed, in my opinion. Welcome to the Growing a Successful Orthopedic Practice podcast. Join us every episode to hear from fellow medical practice administrators, staff, and physicians as we break down current issues affecting the industry and share real stories from guests on their way to growing a successful orthopedic practice. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to Growing a Successful Orthopedic Practice. I'm Jennifer. Orthopedic physicians and practice managers face many critical issues to consider as they work to adapt to the ever-changing healthcare sector. One of the key questions is whether to practice orthopedic medicine in a hospital system or to take a more independent approach. Some orthopedic physicians discovered the private practice business model is better for them. In this episode of the Growing a Successful Orthopedic Practice podcast, Dr. Travis Clegg, a knee and hip replacement specialist, joins Keith Landry to discuss his journey after leaving a hospital system to gain more control over how he delivers orthopedic care. Dr. Clegg talks about his vision to provide a concierge-like patient experience before, during, and after surgeries. He also shares how he's making sure that his staff is always thinking about that goal. Now, like I said, Dr. Travis Clegg is a hip and knee replacement specialist. He's located in Southern Indiana. He's performed more than 2,000 minimally invasive hip and knee replacements. Dr. Clegg completed his orthopedic residency training at the University of Louisville School of Medicine. Keith Landry is Director of Public Relations at Insight Marketing Group. Keith has been a public relations consultant since 2010, and he's got more than 26 years of experience as a news anchor, news reporter, and public affairs show host, which he uses to implement innovative public relations strategies for medical practice clients. All right, let's turn it over to Keith and Dr. Clegg, and let's hear about um, Dr. Clegg's experience breaking away from his hospital system. Hey, before I turn it over to Keith, I want to say special thanks to our sponsors, OrthoLive. OrthoLive is the only telemedicine platform created for orthopedic practices by an orthopedic surgeon. So make sure you check out ortholive.com if you're looking for a telemedicine solution for your busy practice. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello everyone and thanks for listening in. We're gonna give you some tips on how to grow a successful orthopedic practice. My guest today is Dr. Travis Clegg. He is a hip and knee replacement specialist with American Health Network. So great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on. Tell us about the passion you have for doing hip and knee replacements. You've done many of these minimally invasive surgeries over your career. Why do you have a passion for this? You know, I think, you know, as we go through residency training in orthopedics, you get exposed to a lot of, you know, what I thought were very awesome fields, but hip and knee replacement was really attractive in that the patients are better almost immediately after the surgery. And it can, I mean, it's just almost life-changing for patients who've suffered for some time with this, you know, debilitating arthritis and to be able to change that for them um, with a procedure that allows them to go home the same day and, you know, really get back to doing the things they love. is just kind of an awesome thing to uh, way to spend your career. And so that's drawn me further and further down that pathway. 
That is fantastic. So I think one of the key insights you're going to provide for our listeners today is this experience that you had with moving away from a hospital system and the insights you've gained and continue to gain along that journey. So you worked in a hospital system for about seven years and in January, you moved out of that hospital system into a system that gives you more flexibility in your practice. First of all, describe for us what that system is so that folks have some context. Yeah, so now I am with a large group of doctors, including um, some primary care, some specialists um, who are not hospital employed. Uh, It's called American Health Network. It's kind of based here in the Midwest. Um, I'm in Indiana, but we have kind of a a base here in this uh, region. Um, And really, it's sort of a hybrid model between an employed hospital position and a true private practice in the sense that we have some support, uh, but also have the autonomy to, to develop and take our patients to the, what we find to be the, the most appropriate level of care, um, keeping cost as, you know, a, a part of the equation as well. And why did you decide to move away from the hospital system? What, what, what was that thought process when you finally said, yep, this is what I'm going to do? You know, in evaluating sort of where medicine is headed, for me, you start to see these trends of the payers coming to you, to the to the uh, insured person and saying, "Hey, I don't think that that's the best place for you to have your knee surgery done because they charge more money or it costs more." And patients are really starting to educate themselves, and they don't just have a loyalty to a specific hospital network as much anymore because patients are getting on the internet and they're really researching things. And so I think being able to provide not only the highest quality possible, but also being able to provide that at an affordable cost to the payers um, is really kind of where the future is headed in my opinion. And so this opportunity allows me to do both, you know, provide great care, but also, you know, form strategic partnerships with the payers and the, the patients as well. And that sounds great. And it's interesting because the trend across America is for these large hospital systems to buy up private practices. That's, we've been seeing that trend accelerate mm-hmm. in recent years, and mm-hmm. yet you're going in the opposite direction. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, coming out of residency, the, the, um, the draw of joining a hospital because you just, you have that comfort of knowing there's going to be some patients automatically referred to you within the system and you have a, usually a guaranteed salary that's attractive. Um, you know, I think it makes sense for some people, but I think for me, you know, having done this long enough, I think number one, you figure out that the patient's really their loyalty is more with their provider and their doctor than it is a particular system anyway. And I think, you know, just being able to have a little more control over the patient experience and the culture of your practice is, is very valuable in terms of just the job satisfaction, but also in controlling kind of the outcomes for your patient. 
So our listeners are looking for those key tips on ways to successfully build that orthopedic practice. And this is interesting because you had to make some conscious decisions when you left the hospital and set up your practice. What were some of the intentional changes that you made in saying, okay, this is how I will run my practice? Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of the day-to-day is similar between a private practice or this this model that I'm in and a hospital practice, but there's certainly some intentional differences, as you mentioned. And one of those is just, you know, really when we started, we we worked with our team and said, listen, patient experience is going to be our center focus. And if you have a question, the answer is, does it improve the patient experience? If yes, then you know the answer already. And so really kind of focusing there and making the patient the central key um, has been where we started. And then, you know, bringing in things to the equation of cost transparency, um, giving patients the option. You know, a lot of patients now are have high deductible plans where they're paying for most of their care. And so talking to them about where they get their MRI done or where their surgeries performed and what that means from a financial standpoint was something that really in the hospital model, you don't have much flexibility at all um, in doing that. And now you can, and the patients are starting to seek that out and so are the payers. And so we've been able to um, form partnerships with payers directly um, by having a fixed cost, a transparent price that's very competitive um, while still showing the same quality measures that we've always had. And so by doing those two things, it's really been able to build our practice successfully. I think that is awesome. And here comes the nugget. This is the, the nugget in the interview that you're about to give. What is the advice that you would give to doctors who are thinking about leaving a healthcare system to either go into private practice or into a setup like what you've got? You know, I think, I think as doctors and orthopedic surgeons, one of the things that you don't really get taught anything in residency much about is just how to market yourself or how to share, you know, what is it unique that you bring to the table with the population that's seeking care. And I think you can't be afraid to, really be proud of what you've developed and your skill set, and be able to market that to people. And um, sometimes that means, you know, thinking outside the box, like doing webinars or going and giving talks um, to people. And I think if you're willing to do that and you're honest with yourself that, you know, I am willing to do some of these extra things that maybe the hospital was doing for me or that I didn't need to do in the hospital, then I think you can be really successful with it. Dr. Clegg, tell us a couple of things that you just never would have thought of in running your practice until you actually left the hospital system and had the experience. You know, I mean, probably the one that jumps out the most is, embarrassingly, I don't think I understood the pricing differences between location of care that existed and and you know, I kind of had started to hear from patients and say, had, you know, my insurance company doesn't want me to have my MRI done here. And so you, to find out, excuse me, that the same MRI costs twice as much in one setting versus another is really astounding to me. And um, the same goes for a surgery, you know, a, a knee replacement at a 
one hospital may cost twice as much as it costs to do the exact same surgery down the road at a surgery center. And I think starting to realize that was really, you know, just kind of changed my, my mindset on, on things tremendously and trying to develop practices that allow for outpatient surgery when it's appropriate for your patients and um, really considering those things has been a real game changer for us. And I imagine the aha moment you had when you said you didn't realize this until you left the hospital system, but when you did realize this, that you're offering care at a more affordable price point, what was the light bulb that went off at that point? Well, I mean, it really, you know, when you're, when you're doing this, you don't, you know, I don't necessarily think you need to think of the hospital as your competition, but you're, you know, you're out there and you're practicing and you're trying to get as, you know, grow your volume to the level that you want. And I think this is a huge strategic advantage for somebody who has the ability to um, choose the best venue based on price and quality. And so this then opened the door to allow us to really develop some, um, you know, pricing strategies and relationships with the payers directly that that now helps to increase the total number of patients we're able to take care of. Today's episode is presented by OrthoLive. Designed by an orthopedic surgeon for orthopedic practices, OrthoLive is a comprehensive telemedicine platform that puts the features you need front and center, increasing practice revenue without adding to your already full plate. Like consent forms and patient readiness indicators, that visually guide patients to fill out the necessary legal consent forms before an appointment can begin and then automatically save them so you don't have to. When a patient is ready for their appointment, you'll see a green indicator light. If there's no light, that means your providers can focus on other patients on their schedule until the icon turns green. For more on how OrthoLive can increase efficiency, practice revenue, and patient satisfaction, Visit ortholive.com today. OrthoLive, the world's leading orthopedic-specific telemedicine platform. So take me back down memory lane for a moment. You left the hospital system. You made the decision to open your practice in a more flexible system. You had to do a lot of preparation for that day. And now it's the day when you're about to open the doors for your new practice for the first time. And you're sitting there maybe in your office, maybe in your lobby, whatever it might be. And you're about to open the doors for your new practice the first time. What's going through your mind at that point? You know, uh, I think, you know, in preparing for that first day in all the meetings with, you know, number one, just developing your team and deciding who's going to be on the team and how you choose who gets hired. For me, again, we come back to it's like, I want to be able to say, at the end of the day, we have the best patient experience for hip and knee replacement in the world. Mm-hmm. Patient experience doesn't just mean you give them the best surgical procedure. It means what's the experience like when they call to schedule their appointment? How's the person talking to them uh, on the phone? What's the parking situation like? You know, what's the um, waiting room environment like? How does the staff interact with the patients? Um, 
all of these things kind of running through my mind of like, if you really want to control the overall patient experience, you have to be open to the concept that the part that you're seeing right in front of you is only a small portion of that. And if you can have a vision and build the right team around you that everyone gets it and they're all on the same page, then you can move the needle and say, Oh wow. And this was a lot better than when I've went to the doctor in the past because X, Y, and Z, and it was very efficient and it didn't waste my time and it got me the results I wanted quickly. And so for me, when we're getting ready to open, it's really trying to focus and not get, you know, too narrow vision on just scheduling surgeries and doing what I do, but also how does the patient feel when they leave? And um, that was sort of our focus and continues to be the focus. So you had that big checklist running in the back of your mind. How much of that were you able to let go of and actually outsource that and release it to your practice manager? You know, I guess early on, you know, I guess I get better at that as we go, you know, as you get feedback from the patients, Hey, you know, um, the receptionist was really nice and she helped me find it and I got lost. And when I called her, you know, and you start to get this feedback that man, all this kind of team building that you've been doing is really paying off and the patients are happy and they're leaving good reviews about the practice and you know, the ultimate thing is that they're referring their friends and family to you. And so then you start to realize, all right, we're moving in the direction that we want. um, I think as surgeons, sometimes we can be a little bit controlling and, and not, if you start micromanaging everybody, number one, I don't think your team's going to be very happy, but number two, you don't have any free time because you're constantly trying to worry about everything involved. And the key there is, um, you know, set a good example, but just hire the right people, you know, take the time to interview everyone yourself, be a part of that process and put great people around you and then they make you better. And so tell us just a little bit more about that first month in terms of getting the feedback and meeting with the team and really stressing communication and making sure they didn't forget to paint the lines out in the parking lot, things like that. Like how, how that evolved for you in the first month of opening the practice. You know, I think coming into it and having learned from past maybe failures is that communication, you know, with everyone is key. I mean, everyone, one of the biggest keys on job satisfaction is, is uh, I think autonomy working with people you like, but then really knowing what's expected of you. And so being clear with everyone, you know, this is, these are your specific responsibilities and I'm not going to oversee that this is done correctly every day. It's really up to you. And so I think doing that and then, you know, giving feedback and accepting feedback from the staff, you know, I don't certainly don't have all the answers. And many times they see things differently and better than I do. And so um, if your staff is telling you, hey, you know, I really think you should consider trying this, uh, you know, you should be open to it and and understand that you're constantly evolving. And just because this was the way we did it for five years, that might not be the way you should do it going forward. And you got to be willing to be flexible and change sometimes. Mm, Great advice. I want to switch gears just a little bit. A lot of times when the doctor breaks away from a hospital system, 
One of the challenges he or she might face immediately is getting patient referrals because the hospital system is pretty good at keeping those referrals internally. And yeah. so what are some of the observations of what you went through uh, in the first few months after you left that hospital system and you're trying to build the, the patient referral network? What did you learn along the way? You know, I've learned a lot and I'm still learning. I think the one thing, it's challenging to get in front of some of the docs that are employed by the hospital for me is just how do you get their attention and um, talk to them? Because I think ultimately most primary care physicians want their patients to see the best, you know, whoever's providing the best experience, best surgeries. And they also want their patients to be happy because the, any doc will tell you, if you make a referral to somebody and the patient's unhappy, they always make sure you know <laughs> they didn't like that experience. And so I think if you can do your best to communicate and then when you get the opportunity to take care of someone's patient, go take, you know, above and beyond, pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, I saw, you know, Nancy today. This is the game plan. Thanks for letting me take care of her. If there's anything you need from me in the future, this is my cell phone number. Call me directly. Happy to help you. Um, I think if you do that, that really sets you apart and helps you to start to develop those relationships with your referring providers. But the other big thing is, I think the statistics would be that maybe 25 to 30% of your referrals come from primary care physicians now. Whereas before that number might've been 75, 80. I think for me, what I've found is the number one referral I have is happy patients who tell their friends and family or they get on Facebook and they start talking about the services we've provided. Um, and I think cultivating that relationship is huge. Um, physical therapists, there's a lot of private physical therapy practices. They refer patients a lot of times, you know, for spine guys, maybe a, the chiropractic office that isn't hospital employed is a great referral source. And so kind of thinking outside the box of what some other sources are um, has been key to our success and kind of our growth. Good ideas. So it's been less than a year since you left the hospital system. What are you doing to scale your practice? You know, a lot of the things that we've talked about, um, you know, going out and educating, um, I think, Developing an online presence, that's something that essentially I had nothing uh, prior to uh, kind of this venture. Didn't really have a great website, wasn't putting out any content. And I think that's the future. You know, people want to go on and read about their doctor. They want to read about what new procedure you're offering. And so really um, taking the time and forming strategic partnerships to help cultivate that information that's out there about you um, is, is key. And I think if you want to grow, the number one thing for growth is always just take the best possible care of your patients. Okay. And, and keep the patient experience first, but then also doing those, those things we talked about, about, um, you know, some marketing strategy things is really, you know, is, is going to help you. Great points. And what are you doing? in terms of making a conscious decision every month to pay attention to how the practice of orthopedic medicine is changing and how you need to be nimble and roll with it. Is that something that's always in the back of your mind? 
Yeah, I think, you know, for me, that means, you know, carving out some dedicated time to stay up to date with the absolute latest in, you know, research that's available. Um, again, being willing to accept that, you know, I did this procedure this way for many years, but this might be a little better if I tweak it or change. And so being willing to change and make the experience better is, you know, has to happen on a weekly or monthly basis. You can't just kind of get so busy taking care of patients that you're not staying up to date. Um, I think, you know, in similar fashion, you form partnerships with um, a marketing team or a practice manager who helps say, hey, you know, this platform, this social media platform is really taking off and um, maybe you should consider putting something out or doing something here. Um, that's, that's really um, another way that you can help grow. Dr. Clegg, if folks want to find out more about you or your practice or the advanced surgeries that you offer, what's the best way for them to connect with you? You know, they can um, go on my website at uh, just www.drclegg.com. Um, that can give, you know, links to kind of everything with my practice, what we're doing, some of the content we're putting out. Um, we're also on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then, um, you know, they can reach out to me directly. Um, I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. I kind of have a passion for helping other people develop their practice as well. Um, and so, um, you know, they can email me, which is on the website as, as another opportunity or call us directly. Dr. Travis Clegg, hip and knee replacement specialist with the American Health Network. Thank you so much for sharing your insights today with us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's fun. Thanks for listening to the Growing a Successful Orthopedic Practice podcast. Please consider pressing subscribe on your podcast player so you never miss a future episode. And if you haven't given us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts already, we ask that you take a spare minute to help us reach and share our medical practice growth stories with peers.